everybody, this is MG, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast that MG and I do every week. We try to do it every week, and we try to bring to you our experiences working several programs and just share with you what we have come across in our lives. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober, but I know what works for me. And that's what we want to encourage people to do in this podcast is to figure out what works for them. And that's where MG and I are a little bit different because I like to tell people what to do and think that I can keep them sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we just invite you to listen. It's fun and it's also really educational. We cry, we laugh, we do a little bit of everything. We have guests, we work the steps. It's great. So stay tuned to the next podcast coming right up. I'm MG and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell and we are so happy to be here and I am so I am ecstatic because MG's back. Yeah. This is our first recording and I don't like I think 3 months. 3 months, I think. It's been yeah. a while, but we're here and we are so happy to be back and I want to remind you that Sober Sisters Talk is um our take on doing sobriety out in the world, you know. We've both worked a few programs and um have to deal with multiple layers of life and people and relationships and communication and multiple, multiple layers of that. And um, we do it and then come together and talk about how we fared during the week. You know, how'd that go? And we want to share with you like how we did it. Yeah, and give you some encouragement and share our experience and our strength and, you know, our hope. And You know, my hope is that I continue to go forward and I get to learn and do different things and, you know, just continue to um, trudge on that path of happy destiny and work towards being happy, joyous, and free. So, um, last night, I I have this... um acquaintance uh, a sister in sobriety that lives in Thailand and every once in a while she'll um, you know every two three months she'll say hey can you talk and last night we were talking and she was talking about um, you know she said I feel really triggered during the holidays and uh, it's a common statement that's a common you know right but when we started talking about it what really was missing was um, friends um, having friendships yeah. and um, you know we were talking about like having because it's hard to have and you know this like friends at work that there's no depth where you just stay on the surface you know yeah, yeah, you yeah. kind of like hey how's it going because and really I don't want to go past the surface really we, <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah I mean there's certain relationships that's, it, we've learned yeah. you know yeah. there's you know ones that I go deep in and I can really quickly and there's ones that I can sort of, and then there's, but it's a, it's a, it's a discerning thing always. And, um, so she asked me, she said, you know, talking to you now, I feel like there's a big difference between your recovery and mine and other people that I talk to. What's the difference? How do you, you know, how do you just keep evolving? How do you keep growing once you get past this, doing the steps and sponsoring other people? Is it service work? Is it sponsoring? I said, yeah, it's both of those things. But there's also, um, I'm committed to my own personal growth, to constantly studying and staying um, in a place where I'm getting better and better all the time. And that is 
actually what I wanted to talk about today is that's the gift of the fellowship. Things that I've learned from women in this program. That if I don't continue to strive and move forward, uh, you know, the only way I can either stay stagnant or go back. Yeah. Well, when we talk about talking in a meeting, we call it sharing. Do you want to share? You know, and that's like sharing this gift of your experience. It's not about just talking. Do you want to talk? Some will say that, you know, you want to talk. But basically, it's about sharing, that people in the meeting share what they're going through. And it's an offering right. to say, here is what my experience has been. And then, um, you know, and we both love to go to those meetings where we'll hear some OG, some old guard. And, you know, they might, you know, have two teeth in their head, but they might have 20 years of recovery. And, like, what they say is, like, profound. And so it's like, that's an amazing thing to hear those people share. And I love that. And I was talking to my friend TK in Seattle. We've had her on the show before. And she was talking about these, um, uh, this woman who was financially, like in order for her to learn how to get her finances together, she became a coach because she was like, in order for her to really learn it, she needed to teach it. And I feel like that's like part of your mission as well, is that you're such a teacher as well, not only in programs of recovery, but law of attraction. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, you've learned these things and you, you want to share them and you want to teach them as part of the gift. Because I think that that's something that's really important for you is to see other people also thrive and get better. It's right? so much a part of it. And just having the opportunity to have somebody willing to grow and to and I and I have like totally seen like people that I've worked with women mostly but I do have some men sponsees as well um that are willing to take the counsel and you know share their stuff and where they're at and you know it doesn't my method does not work for everybody my message is not going to impact everybody but I'm always just so profoundly grateful when my message, my fucked upness, my all of the things yeah. that I have done <coughs> get through and make a difference in someone else's life. And well, it makes it more meaningful in my life if I feel like what I've gone through, I can share it with someone. And that's what I tell my sponsees when they're going through a really tough time. I'm like, remember this time. I said, because you may be with someone in the future that has, is going through this, and it's like, what are your lessons? What are you learning? How are you making it through? Because this is a real rich time for you. So, like, cherish it in a way because you're getting some lessons that hopefully you'll be able to pass along to another woman. And people also ask, you know, why am I suffering? Why, uh, you know, and, and it can be existential, like, who knows? It's for no reason. Or... We can flip it and say, you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn something that might be able to help someone else. Yeah. And, and, and even yourself. Like, I can't, I just can't even count the many times I've been saying something. And I was like, oh, that was for me. You know, just, right. and I've done that in sponsoring. I've done that in leading meetings. I've done that in sharing in meetings. And it's. It's just such a prof. I, I've learned that that's a gift, you know, to go ahead, experience the intimacy, trust the process, and see what comes out of it. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I've had the opportunity, you know, I've been out for about three months. I was in a play, and uh, and so the, I was a little bit stressed out by that. And then I got a really serious illness. I got mononucleosis, which is a variant of the Epstein-Barr virus, and then also um, concurrent allergies with that. So I had, you know, it was a very hard thing to diagnose. Finally, when they did the blood work, they figured it out. But... <clears throat> I learned so many gifts from this illness. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about what I want to do in the future. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just it, it was just really uh, a fantastic, it's been a fantastic outcome, even though I feel like, you know, I've lost money and I've lost, um, like I feel like I'm I don't feel like I have a program of recovery now because I haven't been to any meetings yeah and I haven't worked with you right and so it's uh I feel a little less than but uh I'm on the upward trend and so that's a gift too and when I feel good like today like you can still hear it there's congestion they're still coughing and uh, I have limited energy and uh but today my spirits are great and we had a little Christmas party at work, a little luncheon, you know, that we had uh, catered, and it was a real gift, and I got a bonus this year, and wow. I got a bonus last year, and it's not a lot, it's like, after taxes, $382, but hey, it's better than a poke in the eye. Right, and that's a, that, that is a real gift, when they honor you in that way, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely, even when I cut my own check, you know, he's like, hey. Can you cut yourself a check? I'm like, oh, sure can. Sure, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So what were some of the gifts you felt like you got well, this Well, I'll tell you, one that I got um, recently was a couple of weeks ago. I went to our normal Saturday morning meeting, and I don't even remember what the topic was, but I had shared about um, losing Betty, my dog, and that I still missed her. And that I didn't feel like it was getting easier. It was just either harder or just as intense and that um I didn't want to like rush out and get a replacement dog because I I want to make sure that I I experience this grief and and um honor her and our relationship and that night and it's just like you know it's so incredible like to be able to share it like that to cry not ever to feel like it's less of a relationship because it was a dog, you know, sure. and um, just being, you know, fully honored in that. And so that night I dreamt about her and she came to me in her dream and she had a little buddy with her and I was like, oh, look, Betty's back. And I was real happy to see her. And um, I woke up and I was like, okay, she says it's time for me to get another dog. I knew that's what it was. And so... I've been looking and um, I went and looked at one and that was not the right dog and um, I'm gonna meet another one on Sunday and so we'll see I feel really I feel really good about this this one you know uh -huh. I feel like it's a really uh -huh. it, I'm hoping it's a match you know yeah well I've been looking like there were some people that you know were saying this dog needs rescuing on Facebook and then you told me that you were looking and then I tried to go find it and I couldn't and I sit and I stopped and I was like God's going to bring Elizabeth the perfect dog. I feel like that, too. Because Betty was such a God dog. Right. And, 
you know, you're going to get the right dog. And so it was sort of, and that's, that's part of like what's been coming with my illness. It's just like, you know, don't push it or force it or try to, just let it be. It's going to be okay. It's going to work out the way it needs to work out. And I can't wait. I hope you can have a little office dog. You can take it to the office. That, that is what it's, you know, my boss really wants an office dog. And that's yeah. what, you know, when I we went and looked at the first one and I was like, but like, I I really, I he was a fine dog and he would have been really easy and chill, but we did not have an emotional connection. And I want that with my yeah. dog. Yeah. And um, it maybe would have developed, it maybe wouldn't have, but he also was older and he had some health issues. And so I didn't, no. I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't, I'm no, not, I don't want that. that. Yeah, it? no, I just was like, oh. Well, and you know, we have an office dog and it's better if they're smaller because there's some people that have dog issues. And also, you know, if they're smaller, then they pee less and they poop less and it's going to happen. Yes. You're going to see Scooter McScoot be gone and then, you know. Clean up on aisle four. You're going to hear from somebody. She's about the same size. This one's about the same size as Betty. Um, But she's, uh, you know, I just feel like, so what happened was this, my son texted me, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I think it was Thursday, Wednesday. He texted me and he said, I got you a dog for Christmas. Oh no. And that's how I was. I was like, oh no. And so I called him, and he goes, oh, I see you called me right away. You know, you were teasing me. So he put me in touch with the woman that had, that rescued this particular dog, and she sent me pictures, and I was like, okay, she's adorable. I want to meet her, and um, I'm going to meet her on Sunday. So we'll see awesome. what happens, awesome. you know. But, yeah, yeah, I was really, I'm, you know, it'll be a really good time because I'm off for two weeks, and. Um, and then I'll take her with me so she won't be home alone. And Yeah, you'll get to bond. Yes, before I leave her at home sure. for a long period of time where she could chew my shoes or whatever else. Maybe she'll start going Shenanigans. to work with you, But she will. She yeah. is. She's going to... He wants... As soon as I go back to work, she'll go to work with me. Right. So... Yeah, I worked at this cool place in New York that was like this little tech up, you know, startup and... And they allowed, and you've got concrete floors there, mm-hmm. that's, that's the deal. And so they had concrete floors. And uh, and it was really fascinating where they wanted people to bring their dogs to work. And, you know, so there were probably, like, in any day, two to five dogs there in the place. And it was really fascinating to see the dogs and how the people interacted. And, you know, like, people who didn't like the dogs would give a side eye, you know, like, motherfucker, don't come up on here, you know? Because the dogs are just like, you got food, you got food, yeah. who's got food, you know? Who's my friend, who's yeah, my friend? Yeah, that's right, that's right. So it was really fascinating. But I think it creates an environment within the company. And I love, like, we have our little office dog, Scotty, that it is like a little de-stress moment. And, uh, you know, that we can love on him. And he loves me. And we have our little rituals. And when his mom's getting ready to go out of town, uh, she's going to take her kids to New Orleans. I might be dog sitting him a little bit. You get to keep him. Yeah, for yeah. a little bit. He's a great dog. I love him so much. So yeah, so it's important to have those, you know, dog friends in our family. It our is, lives. yes. And I They're just, gifts. I just feel like it, the whole thing, it just opened me up to like hearing that and understanding that, you know, it's okay for me to, like, that she's okay. That I can still love her. She's never going to leave no, that part of never, me never. and that you know well I was getting ready, 
I was getting ready to say that I support you on feeling your feelings, and I think that's so important. But, you know, I also encourage people not to wallow or to suffer, you know. And there's a balance, and I think right. you realize that, you know, that enough is enough. You've done your grieving, and there may be moments where you see a picture or something right. like yeah. where it'll spike up. But, you know, I had a good friend that lost one of her dogs, and, you know, she didn't allow that grief space and two weeks later she had another little puppy and I was she was like I just couldn't do it any longer because she was really distressing to her and then yeah she had another dog that seemed listless and didn't right. know what to do and so you know and the, and that was the right choice for her right. she's like yes. I, it was just too too hard for me she yeah. I just couldn't be without that and her other dog was suffering too so and it was like it was it was the perfect timing. So you just have to figure that out. So for our listeners out there, if you guys are going through stuff, just know that it goes. You know, it's not going to be the same thing. I'm not going to be sick forever. You know, Elizabeth's not going to be grieving her dog forever. It's like there's a process of these things happening. And when did Betty die? How long has well, it been? Well, nothing lasts forever. It was in August. Okay. So it's been, you know, what? Three and a half, four months. Four months. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels like a long time. But then the other gift that I got was today when you sent me that message and I felt like, I felt so happy. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh my God. Yes, I'll do that. You know, oh, absolutely. Oh. I want to come over and record. So Thank you. Thank I just you. have really enjoyed um, the ritual. Yeah. You know, I and that's another gift that I've gotten from the program is that rituals are strong barometers of for me they keep me it's sort of like the anchor you know touchstones yes you can like say oh this is where i'm from this is where i'm at this is what i need so yeah absolutely well and that's part of it you know i'm gonna hopefully try to get up and go to the meeting tomorrow morning and if i feel good i want to go to the 11 o'clock women's meeting too because that's another meeting that i go to regularly that i've really missed and i really love the women that go to that meeting but we'll see, you know, that's the hard part about getting better. It's like now I want to do a million things, you know. Uh, if a little's <sighs> good, more's better. I know. That is the addict in us. Well, and I've, I've had a chance to look at all my shit. Yeah, I and know. I'm you like, like, i got to get rid of my shit. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want any of it. I'm like ready to let it go. And then because I've been so sick and unorganized, you know, I just can't find anything. So it's like now I want to clean out clean up and that might be good for the new but year. i'll tell you though another thing i have the gift of abundance of stuff yes it, but you have been such a gift to me in these past few months even being sick because i appreciate my health it's like mm. i'm so grateful for my strong body and what mm -hmm. i can do and it has pushed me to push myself you know, I think we talked last, I think I shared with mm -hmm. you last week about mm -hmm. the pushing, yeah. pushing each other to greatness. And, yeah. um, you know, we can do that in another podcast, but I, it, it is hard, you know, to push other people. And there is, it's like, you know, it's like the grieving. That's a fine line. How much am I going to push? You know, do you push that somebody's saying, don't push me anymore. I get this guy on LinkedIn right now. He keeps pushing me. He's like, when can we meet? When can we... I don't, you know... I use a limo just, maybe once a month. Oh, yeah. Every couple of months. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. even that. Yeah. I don't want to meet. Yeah. We don't, I don't need to like do anybody that. anybody pushing me, honestly. <laughs> you know? But there are times when we need it, though. Mm. 
You know, mm-hmm. there are times. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the time when you were going to, like, go do that play. You know, and you need, you can do that. Yeah. But here's the, you know, this right. is all, this is a strong boundary, you know. Right. I'm not going to help you if you're going to do that. Because that just means you're going to throw everything away and start all over. Yeah. And if yeah. you're going to do that, then I'm not going to work your program harder than you are going to work your program. that's the way that I feel about sponsoring women you know it's like dude like uh, it's cool you know I get it I I was a chronic relapser but and I'll tell you there was a woman that was in when I was going through um, that withdrawal and and relapsing there was this woman her name was Jen B and she would come in and get a 30-day chip and I just fucking picked up a desire chip and then a couple of months later I'm getting a 60-day chip and she's getting a desire chip. So we did this toggle thing back and forth, back and forth. And it, but it helped me because if she got, you know, three months and I was like, damn, I want to like do that, you know, and it pushed me. Right, so there is a right. different kind of pushing that maybe right. we're not aware of, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it, it's just, there's so many gifts that come to me. Well, I, I, I like to try, kind of look at it from the aspect of motivation. Like, how can I motivate myself? How can I motivate others? You know, there's uh, I have a couple of sponsees that are kind of languishing in their eight-step, nine-step work. And I really want them to get past it and push on. And uh, But at the same time, I think that there's something sacred about them sitting in that for that times because I can remember when I did my ninth step work and finished it oh my god I mean and we went in my backyard I know and it was like the grace of God descended upon both it of is us. and then because it's when you fit before you are halfway done that's when you get the gifts yeah that's when you start you know that's right that's when it comes that's right so I would I will remind them of that <laughs> You and I are such different sponsors. You know, another gift that I've really gotten from this fellowship, I know how to listen. I did not know how to listen before I came into 12-step programs. It taught me to sit in a meeting and listen. And I'm just so grateful for that. I I had two really tough conversations with some clients I'm working with, and both of them. Just talk right over me, you know? And I was like, wow, I really value somebody who listens, somebody who hears me, yeah. you know? And I got that, like, they're like that because they both um, sort of work for themselves. Yeah. They are in an environment where they're not interacting with people all day and they probably don't feel really heard. Mm-hmm. And they get this live audience and they want to tell the story. You yeah. know? They kept saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know, like I was, you know, used and abused this way and I was used and abused this way and I was used and abused. This. Uh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Well, that's why meetings are so fantastic. When I go to a meeting and I speak my truth, my idea, my fucked up, whatever it is. I just get that, you know, four to six minutes to like speak. And it's a wrapped audience, you know, people might be coming and going, but people listen and hear It's me. unimpeded. It's just this. Right. And it was so interesting when I went to New York and I went to school, it's like when we would meet in groups and classes, it would be like, 
people were not used to listening to other people. And I was because of my training in 12-step program. And not only, uh, you know, speaking, but being heard, people receiving it, taking it in. Because I can't tell you how many meetings if I've gone in like full of, you know, piss and vinegar and la, 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 la. And then someone will share something that is like the perfect thing that I need to hear, like a great counterpoint. And they might not be saying it as crosstalk. Right. You know, but, but it just it brought it up for them. Right, right, right. And they can offer something or share something that is exactly what I need to hear. And so I think that that is so much missing in our society. And it may be worse because I think more of us are going to be more insular and, you know, work from home and stay connected. I mean, you know, I didn't leave my house, you know, pretty much for you know, two months. So it's like, uh, it's so important. And I really, really miss that connection with people. It's key. Yeah, it is. And the, the phone and the laptop, they're sort of, they seem like they're substitutes for connection, but they're not. They're not. Absolutely They, they not. don't do the same thing. No. And um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the, the art and ability to listen as well as what you just shared, like mm-hmm. feeling heard. Mm-hmm. And I got the gift of Georgie Holbrook. I want to put a shout out and uh, a recommendation for her, for our listeners. We did a podcast with her, I think back in January, I think it was. January, I don't even know. But... And, uh, and she's a spiritual healer, and it was a really fantastic experience. For those of you who are Houston-based and you want to get some good spiritual healing, she's fantastic. She'll sing the angels around you. Her little hands get so hot, and she puts them on your body, and it's like, it's an amazing experience. So I really love the work that she did. So, you know, going to see her was a huge gift. So I've had, like, a lot of gifts come into my life as well. Plus, I have a friend that shared with me their voodoo account, so I got to watch some movies. And there's this movie out there, this a documentary on Bill W. Have you seen it? No. Bill W. No. You gotta check it out. That's like for the next two weeks. You gotta find it and watch it. It's a fantastic documentary on him. I just picked up a book at that same sale where I got mm-hmm. yours. Um and it's the writing of the big book. Oh yeah. Yes, and I oh, can't yeah. wait. I I was like, it's this big, it's huge. I bet. But I'm gonna read it. I can't because yeah. I love that. Right. Well it was very awe inspiring and when it got to the point where they were writing it in, uh, I think it was Akron. Dude, I don't know how they got anything done, you know? Because I've been to those meetings where they're writing new literature. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. It, I don't, I'm like, I don't, I had volunteered, I was going to write something. And I saw that process and I was like, never mind. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> I'll keep this jewel right here. No, no, no. I don't want to do this. Because it's like you, you, okay, so say like there's a team, there's a committee, and they write a pamphlet, and they bring it to the committee. They have to bring it to the literature committee. Then the literature committee tears it apart, edits it, gives it back to them. Then they read, they do the edits, and give it back to them. Then they take it to the ABM, and let everybody at the ABM read it and make their edits, their suggestions. Then you have to discuss whether or not, oh my God. There's 75 to 80 people in that ABM. No. <laughs> I'm not interested. And I know somebody who was who helped write the big book for SAA. 
Yeah. And it's like he we talked about that process and how oh, long yeah. that took and you know, so years I bet. Kudos to anybody yeah. that does it. I don't have the patience for it. I'm not like I don't I just don't. Well, there was a piece of there's a piece of the documentary and, and after you watch it I I think we can it would be good to talk about it at the I'd end. I'd love of, to do that. We can just review life. it, yeah. Yeah, because it was talking about at the end of his life and uh you know <laughs> He was so successful as a drunk, financially, and then when he got sober... He lost all his money. He lost all of his money. He lost all of his ability to be self-supporting through his own contributions. And um, at, at one point, like, you know, these people in AA, and this was after, like, AA had formed, and, you know, uh, he, he he was like this, like, rock star. I mean, he could go to these, these, uh, you know, conventions and I mean, people just would go out of their minds and, uh, and so he had like no real anonymity in a way because everybody knew him. Right, right. And, um, and he really struggled with that at the end of his life and he was also a smoker and so he died of emphysema, very painful death. And, uh, and as he was, you know, doing his work before he died, you know, probably like five years before his die, he, he was like, y'all, I got to go do something. I got to make some money. I got to quit this. And they were like, no, no, no. He's like, I don't have, a he was living in like, like, like you're, a, but it was a house, but it was like, yeah, that's my house. You can go live there for as long as you want to. You and Lois, you, you, that's your house. But it wasn't his. Right. And it was like, you know, people were supporting them and bringing over groceries and stuff like that because they knew that his work was so important. Like, I'm not, I am not in any way comparing myself to Bill W., but I was like thinking, you know, when we are in service, it can sometimes be a burden after a period of time. Oh, absolutely. And I believe in that spirit of rotation where you yes. know, we rotate service. And so, you know, so I was like thinking about that, that this past year I've been really big on service and the year before that and I may want to ramp some of that down because I just don't have the ability right. to do it and uh, and then you know he's on his deathbed and he asks for a drink wow they didn't give it to him you know but it was like here here is this man that dedicated his life to a life of service and uh, you sobriety. know, and sobriety, and he had the opportunity on two occasions to have like network TV interviews, and he really struggled with it because he knew that he would be carrying the message in a format that would just it would be like an avalanche. It would be an amazing thing, but it was also going to give him this notoriety and quote unquote success, and he said no, didn't do it. So it was. It's really fascinating. So I want you to, you know, put it on your to-do list, and uh, and then we can talk about it. I will. Because you know, but that was a gift getting to, you know, watch movies during my recuperation and to get better. There's always a gift in something. You something, know, there's something. a gift in life. Getting sober. Period. You know, I didn't think so when oh. I was going through it, but. Elizabeth, you've you know, helped so many people. You're like, you know, you're a fucking rock star in Houston recovery. I hope you know that. When you walk in a room, it's like, wow, there she is. Oh, my God, it's Elizabeth Fudlock. <laughs> She'll get on you. Don't look at her. Yeah, she will. 
scary. <laughs> there are people that are scared of me. Well, thank you so much thank for coming. Thank you. I'm over. so happy to be back and to talk yes. about the gifts of the program. Don't forget if you want to, um, if you have a suggestion or feedback or you want to talk us to talk about something, you can email us at Silver Sisters Talk at gmail.com. And we also have a website, www.sobersisterstalk.com. It forwards to our podcast page so you can see all of our podcasts. You can go back and see that one from here. Listen to that one from Georgie, Georgie Holbrook. Um, and uh, we just want to encourage you to, you know, this is the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Wrap those gifts up. Take them with yeah, you. Keep them right. close to your heart. Give your gifts away, too. Yep. Share with others. All right. Until next time. Bye. Thanks. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. You can share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye.